0: The Detroit Tigers have an off day on Thursday so we're going to take a look ahead to the off season and start having some conversations about the 40-man roster what it might look like come spring training and opening day of next season going to look at the major league roster who could stay and go going to look at some of the organizationally and and some of these guys who are rule five eligible and if they could stay or go so 40 man roster, just kind of a first glimpse, initial reaction as we head into the final home stretch of the season here. Pun intended. Today on Locked On Tigers. You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back here to another edition of Locked On Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Friday, September 16th, 2022. Happy Friday, everybody. Thank you for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. Okay. So, uh, oh, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, by the way. Bet Online, as you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before, Bet Online, where the game starts. So, on this episode, the Tigers have an off day on Thursday. So I just wanted to take a look at. We kind of talked about off season plan, uh, not even plan, just like first glimpse in the off season a couple of weeks ago when we had an off day and, you know, the GM search and, and what's going on and what the plan is going to be. I want to take our first look at, and I want to do this while the season is still happening because some of the, these are very open ended and that's why i love these kind of conversations and why i think baseball is so fascinating in the way the rosters are constructed because i think when looking at the 40 man there's so many open ended like super subjective opinion well that's subjective that's what that means but super uh subjective decisions are going to be made and, and that's the beauty of it is whoever we bring in as GM, they're going to sit down with AJ Hinch and that they're even their decision. It doesn't mean that it's a hundred percent, the right decision just because they made it that that's their, you know, it's subjective still. So I think it's super fascinating to have these open-ended conversations about some of these players and uh, whether you think they're going to stick around, whether you don't, and I want to do this in the middle of the season because there's still some movement that could, in theory, happen. We got about three weeks left, right? A little less than three weeks left in the season. And there, there is still a chance for some of these dudes to play themselves onto at least more consideration in the offseason. Uh, there are dudes that can continue playing themselves out of roster spots, Jamer Candelario, et cetera. And and so I I wanted to do this on an off day when there was still season left and, and still a decent amount of season left, but uh, also toward the end of the year, just because I, I really like these conversations. So we're going to start with the, well, we'll just start with the 40 man. We'll just start with who's on the 40 man. And then after, we will talk about the players who are not on the 40-man and where they stand, okay? So, like, best candidates that aren't on, best candidates that are Well, candidates isn't even the right word. Just situations of, of players that are on the 40-man and aren't. I want to start with catcher because the easiest one in, in catcher is Tucker Barnhart. I, I think it's pretty safe to say he's not going to be a Detroit Tiger next year. I think it's, it's, it's pretty easy to come to the conclusion that after game 162, Tucker Barnhart, that, that game 162 will be his last game as a Detroit Tiger. And I think that makes the catcher situation really fascinating going forward. You're obviously going to next season with Eric Haas. That, that's not in question. And then you have Jake Rogers. And what also makes the 40-man roster construction in the offseason so a little bit more difficult, I guess, than midseason is there is no IL. You have to take all the dudes that are on the IL. Now, if you're on the 10 day or the 15 day or the 7 or whatever, there's like a million different ILs now. If you're on one of those, you are not you are on the 40 man roster still. If you're on the 60-day IL, you are not on the 40-man roster, right? So all of our pitchers and Jake Rogers that are on the 60-day IL, they all have to find spots, right? If you plan on keeping them, they all have to find spots on this 40-man roster. And that's a lot of names. We all know that what the injury bug has done to our our starting pitching rotation, at at, at least uh, nonetheless, the whole team. So just starting, like Jake Rogers will be on this team next year. He will be in the organization. I'm not saying that, but you're going to have to find spots for him. And... They will because there's a lot of like excess fat that they can just kind of trim off of this roster. And there's going to be a lot of dudes that we will get to that. I will say something along the lines of, Oh, like I I could see him staying and I I could see him going like that. He's definitely not going to be a high priority, but they don't, if they don't find a depth spot, then he'll stay that there's quite a few guys that have, that I'm probably going to, going to deem that title to. And, that makes, like, obviously not all of them are going to be the people that are kind of those in-betweeners are going to be let go, but obviously all of them are not going to be brought back either. So uh, Jake Rogers will be in the organization. It's just a matter of whether they plan on rolling into opening day with a catching duo of Eric Haas and Jake Rogers. Is that good enough for the Tigers? It might be. Now they'll definitely sign some non-40-man depth, pieces because they really don't have any other catching depth in the organization besides those two, at least that are like major league ready besides those two uh, next season. So Barnhart will, will almost certainly be gone. And then there's a conversation, free agent catcher, maybe, maybe not, but those two will will certainly be in play. And Eric Haas, I, I can pretty much guarantee you will be on the, the opening day roster. Uh, at a minimum. So we'll see what happens with the catcher. But I think that's an easy place to start just because there's such a slam dunk clear, like you won't be on the team next year. And there's still like Jake Rogers' return next season. That's a, it's a really uh, fascinating situation there. So uh, now before I can already hear people going, Dylan Dingler, Um, Dylan Dingler, you you have to realize a couple of things. One, he has like a 750 OPS in double A. He's not major league ready. Also, look at any prospect ranking. He's falling pretty quickly. Uh, he went from like a bona fide, like top three, four prospect in the organization. He's now barely a top 10 prospect for for a lot of different websites. He's like 10 for, for most sites, uh, 9, 10, that, that 9, 10, 11 range. So uh, he, he's not major league ready. He's not. And he won't be anywhere near the major league roster to on opening day of next season. Uh, even if you're the biggest fan ever, I hate to break it to you. It's not happening. The earliest you're gonna see him is at the end of next season. And I think the plan right now is for probably him to get a legit look in twenty twenty four, maybe earlier in the season in twenty twenty four. No, whatever. One of the one of Haas Rogers or a free agent they bring in next year struggles. You know, they add Dingler to the forty man, they get him on there, but he's not even on the forty man in September of twenty twenty two. He's not gonna be on the opening day roster at the major league level in 2023. So we can kind of nip that in the bud right now. Moving on to the infield, Javi Baez is going to be on this team, whether you like it or not. I'm sorry, but he, he's going to. They're paying him way too much money to not. Um, now, conversation about second base or shortstop. We'll get to that more when we talk about Jonathan Scope. Jamer Candelario after Javi Baez uh Jamer I think is the biggest non-tender candidate in the entire organization. I I every day that goes by I become more and more convinced that he's not going to be tendered and he's not going to be on the team next year. We'll see what happens, but that is certainly one to circle in your uh in, in your roster and your program. Yeah, that's what I was trying to say. In your program um because I think he is he is the biggest non-tender candidate easily uh, on the major league roster right now. uh, Harold Castro will be around in some capacity, whether it's utility, whether it's, I I hope they don't plan on him being an everyday starter somewhere uh, on opening day. Uh, that, That shouldn't be the plan, but who knows he'll be around Cody Clemens. Cody Clemens is kind of in the same breath future wise as, Uh, maybe, maybe not quite the same as Zach short, but so here's the thing. Clemens has not hit very well at the major league level. That's not a surprise or news to anybody. He he was really hitting well in triple a got called up, just hasn't found it has not been very effective really at any point. He never even really went on like a hot streak or anything like he's, he's been just not very solid at the major league level. And defensively he he's he's not like a great defender at anywhere but he can play a lot of different positions i guess that kind of raises his value what i'm trying to get at i think cody clemens is a pretty sizable dfa candidate i don't think it's guaranteed i think there's a really legit chance that he is on the 40 man next season and maybe he just starts the season in triple a or whatnot but he's going to be another year older, right? He's going to be what? 26, 27, maybe even by the middle of next season. Like he's, he's, he's not getting any younger. And just with how poorly he really has been at the plate this season, uh, I, and where he doesn't really have a sure position going forward defensively, it wouldn't be the most shocking thing in the world to me. If he got DFA, that's all I'm trying to say. And, what I was trying to compare him to Zach Short was Zach Short. I I also would not be surprised at all if he got DFA. I I honestly even think that the Zach Short one is maybe even kind of likely, just because. Again, you're talking about a dude who is uh, uh, twenty, yeah, twenty. Also, it, about about the same age, um, and he is playing a majority of his games in the minor league level. The only reason you hang on to him is for that infield depth, like that's really it. And I think you have plenty of that without Zach short. Like that's why he hasn't played very much at the major league level, because you have plenty of that already. You don't need, you don't need a million dudes that play like average defense at three different infield positions. Like you, you, you don't need that many of them. You need some, you don't need that many. So I think that those two guys are, are people to kind of keep an eye on for, for, for potential DFA's after the season ends. Uh, but again, they're on the 40 man right now. There's certainly a, a, a very solid chance for both of them to be on the roster next year. It's just, again, if, if you're trying to add people, you get free agents, you add people that aren't on the 40 man in your organization that are on the 40 man plus the 60 day IL people, you're going to have to clear space. And I think those are two, uh, two easier, I guess is the phrase people to kind of cut loose than some of these other guys. Okay, we will get into uh, the rest of the offense and the pitching, and then we'll get into the minor leaguers that aren't on the 40-man in Segment 3 as well. But first, got to tell you all about our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts this year Bet online is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, MLB, and even golf. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Segment two of Locked on Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every single day, free and available wherever you get your podcast. So we're taking a look at the 40-man roster right now and some candidates of DFA being on the roster next year, etc. I just want to do kind of like a quick hitter thing where we just kind of go through and, and just get a general idea of where we're headed for the remainder of the season. And, and again, like I said in the beginning, I think it's important to do that when the season's still going on so you kind of know what to watch for. And then as we head into the offseason, Josh Lester, uh, he's going to be, what, 28-29 next season. Uh, I I don't think that he will be on the 40-man next year. I think that's a pretty easy DFA candidate as well. Ryan Kreidler will certainly be on the team next year. Uh, Whether it's at the major league level or the minor league level, we will see. But uh, it, it seems to me like it's either utility at the major league level on opening day or starting shortstop for Toledo on opening day. And then like a quick call up if some, if they need it. Um, The only Spencer Torkelson, I I know he's had his ups and downs this year, regardless, he is certainly going to be on the 40 man roster next season. Uh, I guess there's kind of a conversation maybe about where he starts the season on opening day, but uh, I think that'll be contingent contingent on what happens the remainder of this season and how he looks in spring training. Um, The only other person there is Jonathan Scope, and I think his conversation kind of ties into Javi Baez because there's a lot of like, oh, they should move Javi over to second. Well, as long as Jonathan Scope's on this team, that's not happening. And I do think that there is a reality in which Jonathan Scope is looked at this offseason and is maybe bought out and they just cut ties with him. I think there is a reality in which that happens. I don't think it's likely. I don't think it's going to happen. But I think there is a a scenario in which a new GM comes in and goes, okay, we can't find a trade partner for a dude who has one of the lowest qualified OPSs in all of baseball, even with him being a good defender. Um, Or they come in and they do find, you know, they just trade him for some 22-year-old in single A or whatever. They do like a Robbie Grossman type trade where it's not even a top 30 prospect in either of our organizations, but they just do it just to do it. That's all possible, but we have I think we have to be under the assumption that he's going to play out his contract and be here next season, and then next year, if he gets off to a hot start, maybe they trade him before the trade deadline uh if he doesn't get off to a hot start, then maybe they DFA him after the deadline next off season or next season. but I think as it stands right now, a Javi is not moving to second as long as Jonathan scope's still under contract, and I think we have to just be under the assumption that Jonathan scope's going to stay here. Even though, again, it wouldn't be the most surprising thing in the world if they found a way to just get rid of him right when they got a new GM. As far as outfield goes, Akil Badu will be on the 40-man next year for sure. Uh, It's just a matter of whether – I don't see a reality in which he is on the Major League roster on opening day. Just was not good whatsoever this season. Really unfortunate. And uh, I think next season he'll honestly probably be on on a pretty short leash because they need him to turn it around really quickly. Daz Cameron. He'll be on the 40 man uh until they come to a decision on whether what they think about his future. And I think a lot of that will play into who the new GM is. So right now we're under the assumption he will be on the team next year and probably be starting the season in triple A. Willie Castro will be around just because he always is. Riley Green's probably the biggest lock on the team to be not only on the 40 man next year, but also on the major league roster next year. Austin Meadows, keep forgetting that that uh that he's around, obviously, on the 60-day IL dealing with stuff, uh, physically and mentally, we're going to assume that he's going to be on the team next year. And, uh, yeah, we're going to hope that, that he is, we're going to hope that he comes back healthy and whatnot. Uh, and and we're going to move forward as if he is on the major league team next year. So that's a pretty easy one. Victor Reyes will probably be around in some capacity just because it's Victor Reyes. And he always is Miguel Cabrera as it stands right now, going to be on the team next season, hasn't heard anything otherwise. And Kerry Carpenter, interesting one to end the offense. He is kind of in that 4A t- category for me, that 4A territory. I just try to combine the words territory and category. Um, I think that he will be on the 40 man without a question. He, he will be on the 40 man on, on opening day next season. But I think there is a very unique conversation about is he on the major league roster or the minor league roster if you had to make me guess right now i would say he starts in triple a next season whether they bring in free agents to be more solidified in the corner outfields uh you don't roster two like pure dhs you just don't and we have miguel cabrera still presumably for next season but I do expect him to get a lot of at-bats at the Major League level next year. It's just like I, I don't think he's going to be on the Major League roster on opening day. I think he'll he'll be the first one they call if Miggy goes down. And honestly, if a corner outfielder goes down, they probably – he's one of the first one called as well. But as it stands right now, I would say minor league roster to start off the year, but on the 40-man for sure. Looking at the pitching, the easy ones to kind of knock out early. Uh, Drew Hutchinson will not be on the forty man next year. He might be brought back on a minor league deal, like they have in the last two seasons, but he won't be on a, uh, a a a he won't be on the forty man to start off the season. If they do, it'll be because they have a big injury problem and they need to add him back to the forty man and do what they've done for the last two off seasons with them. Basically, Brian Garcia, another one that has an expiring deal. Uh he's been in the minors all year. I I just I I can't imagine that they would bring him back. I I I I can't fathom that. So I I do fully expect Brian Garcia to be a casualty of the off season. Uh Daniel Norris is another one that I don't expect to be on this team next season. We talk about it pretty much every time he comes in and we do a game recap uh i i love the story i love daniel but he's the same pitcher he was and and maybe even a little bit of a step back from the pitcher he was and yeah i don't expect him to be on the 40 man next year if he is back in the organization again it's the same thing as drew hutchinson where it's a minor league deal and and he's not on, uh, on uh on the roster and i think that's it for the big like expiring deals with uh, or, or like non tender candidates and whatnot for the for the pitching side of things, the big thing with pitching is just and this affects all positions. But I mean, Spencer Turnbull, Tarek Scoobal, Casey Mize, Ronnie Garcia, Kyle Funkhauser, Bo Brisky are all on the 60 day at IL right now and all have to find spots in the offseason on this roster, uh, because that, that's just how the 40 man works. So, uh <sighs> It's, it's, they're going to have to find spots. They're going to have to, like I said at the beginning, there's some of these dudes that I certainly don't expect them to cut ties with everybody that is kind of on the bubble or that could stay or could go that we've kind of highlighted, but there, there's no way they're keeping all of them either. Jason Foley will stick around. Uh, Alex Fiedo will be on the 40 man next year for sure. Cesnero, I would, imagine they would chafin obviously will be um luis castillo i think they like i think they're going to try to find every reason they can to keep him angel de jesus probably similar boat as luis castillo garrett hill i would imagine is going to be on the 40 man next year but not on the major league roster on opening day joe jimenez will certainly alex lang matt manning all easy yeses uh elvin Maybe a DFA candidate, but he's still super young. They maybe they keep him on the forty man. Erod definitely going to be on the opening day roster. Soto, Joey Wentz probably in the same breath as Bo Brisky uh, to me in the sense that these are guys that have kind of been like four A ish pitchers, and they they've been good. I'm not that's that's not a slight. That's just if you're going into a season, if you're going into an opening day, I don't think you're looking at those two. Or maybe you are. And that's the conversation, I guess. Is do you look at Joey Wentz and Bo Brisky and you go, these guys are my four or f- and five or my number five in our starting rotation on opening day? Or do you bring in outside help in free agency and whatnot in the offseason? Those dudes start off either in the bullpen or in, uh, as you know, like the aces of, of Toledo, and then are the first calls when somebody inevitably gets hurt because it's pitching and somebody's always going to get hurt at some point. Like, is that. The where they stand right now, or are they just like we're going to roll into the season and Bo Brisky's going to be our fifth starter, right? So, that's the conversation with those two. And then, Will Vest is the only other 40 man roster person I want to talk about. And he, I think, I, I don't think they're actively trying to find someone to replace him with, but I also think that if the opportunity presented itself, they would upgrade from him at in the same breath. That's an interesting one because there is a lot of command issues and he hasn't really had a great second half, but had a really encouraging first half and does have great stuff. So I think he's I'm not going to say on the bubble because I'm, I'm fairly confident that he will be here, but uh, I, I do think that it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility for him to not be on the 40 man next year as well. So that's something to keep an eye on for sure. Okay. Let's head into the, minor leaguers that are not on the 40 man, that if they aren't put on the 40 man, you might lose them. Okay. The rule five eligible people get kind of a, and again, a better grasp of what we're going to see rule, not rule five, what we're going to see 40 man roster wise heading into next season. We'll do that right after this. All right, everybody, welcome back here. Third and final segment of locked on tigers. So back in August, Chris McCoskey of the Detroit news wrote a very, a really good article um, about the, uh, about the cleansing. I think is what he called it of the Detroit Tigers roster. And he highlighted some of the key players in the minors that are rule five eligible. And who, if the Tigers don't put on the 40 man could be lost in the rule five draft. Now, if they aren't taking the Rule 5 draft, then you can just bring them back and, and, and you're chilling. So there's, you don't want to put somebody on the 40-man that doesn't have interest from around the league. But there are definitely several players in the Tigers organization who, if they weren't protected, would absolutely get picked up by somebody else in uh, in the Rule 5. So uh, Chris McCoskey's article is called, Tigers' expected roster cleanse could impact which prospects – get rule five protection. He wrote it on August 23rd of the Detroit news. You can go check that out for like a more, his opinion of, of who they'll keep and who they won't. Plus, even though we're, we're decently lockstep, eh, not a hundred percent, but we're, we're pretty much in the same boat ish on, on some of these guys. Um, so he just has a really good layout and everything. And that's the kind of my guideline of what I'm using for the biggest prospects that won't be on there. Um, Cause in actuality, there's tons of players that are always eligible for the rule five. It's just, you know, only seven, eight, nine people ever get taken in the rule five draft. So ton of, ton of eligible players that were, it would take an hour to go through all of them. So just going to use his article here as kind of using, you know, the top prospects within the org that will be Um, the easiest one. And by far the easiest one is Reese Olson. That's an absolute. Yes. Reese Olson is now a top 10 prospect in the Tigers organization by pretty much everywhere you look, he is what we got. For Daniel Norris from the Milwaukee Brewers last trade deadline, he was phenomenal at the start of the season in double A and look, I mean, he's had some some ups and downs for sure. Uh he's he stayed in Erie all year and it was looking like he he might have been a call-up candidate at one point. He was really dominating and kind of striking out everybody at one point earlier in the year. And then he kind of Flustered a little bit, right? And, uh, and and his ERA is now 4-1-5 on the season. But he's still showing signs of, uh, of being a really good pitcher. I think he might be longed for the bullpen, just be how his arsenal is right now. But they're going to keep trying him at starting pitcher. I think you should keep trying him at starting pitcher. And regardless, this is a slam dunk. He will 100% be on the 40-man roster and will certainly get protected. It's the easiest one in the organization of the eligible players. Uh, that will be Rule 5 eligible this December. The next one I want to talk about is I think one of the biggest prob Maybe the... Uh, we've had a lot of pretty solid storylines in the minor league season this year. One of the biggest storylines in the minors for the Tigers this season is Parker Meadows. And this is somebody who was... I've always been of the belief that he's one of the fastest dudes in the entire organization. I think he is the fastest dude top to bottom major leagues, minor leagues, the fastest dude in the organization. And I've always loved watching him play, but he's never been really honestly. I mean, to be completely Frank, he's never been a good hitter. Like in 2019 had a six Oh eight OPS last year. He had a 623 OPS amongst two levels, right? Lakeland and West Michigan. And then this year, came onto the scene and has been tearing the cover off the ball in West Michigan where he started off the season hit an 8.13 OPS with a 525 slug and you were like okay that's solid but he has a 288 on-base percentage maybe he needs to walk a little bit more maybe raise the average a little bit which was 230 in double A Erie in 109 games he has an 833 OPS a 280 batting average and a 355 on-base percentage 16 stolen bases 48 walks, 50 RBIs, 16 homers, 21 doubles. Like, he has just been phenomenal at the plate. And I think he is he is definitely the most fascinating conversation with who to protect and who not to. Because there, there is a, a reality in which they go, you know what? Little too little too late. He, he's not getting any younger. We want to fill it with new guys, maybe outside the organization. We're not going to do it and i would I'm pretty confident that if they don't put him on the forty man, he would get pr- he would get picked up in the rule five draft. Um, but I think there is a very real possibility in which they do. And I think they everybody likes what they saw from him this year. And I think if you do protect him, you could see him as early at the major league level as early as the end of next season, which would be kind of cool. see both the Meadows brothers together in a non-baseball sense. that'd be cool. But in a pure production baseball sense, uh, he, he has certainly earned – he's going to start next season in, in AAA if he is put on the 40-man and is protected from the Rule 5. He's going to be in Toledo without a doubt So uh, to start off the season. So definitely an interesting conversation there. Wenzel Perez is another kind of fascinating one. He has torn the cover off the ball this year as well. Uh, in 39 games in A, he has a 914 OPS and a 307 batting average. And in 55 games in West Michigan, he had an 893 OPS, just crushing the baseball. And his defense, I, I like him defensively. He does make some mistakes at times, uh, but he has shown flashes of being really solid defensively. I He's only 22 years old. I really like Winsiel Perez, and I think that he is pretty much on the bubble as you can get. If you had to ask me right now about Parker Meadows, I would lean towards they're going to protect him and they're going to put him on the 40 man. When Seal is like the most middle, like 50 50 player I, I think there is. I, I could really see the organization going either way. A lot will depend on the GM, as you could say about any of these moves. But it it really is, it's it's tough. It's a it's a difficult decision because he is young and is showing great signs, but it's not a huge sample size of really good hitting, and in the same like career wise, and uh, again, there, there's kind of some questions about like long term defensively where he's going to end up, and like he's only 22. Is anybody really going to go from a dude that just debuted in Double A this year and really like can seriously take him in the Rule Five draft? Like you might be able to sneak through the Rule Five without him being taken and hold on to him next year. I don't know. I don't know. It, it, he really is right on the bubble for me. Um, Austin Bergner, Bern, Bergner, I, <laughs> my apologies. Uh, it's really fascinating too. Cause these three guys are 15, 16 and 17 in the tiger's top prospects for MLB.com. Uh, he's had a really solid season in double a, and then since getting called up to triple a in 20 innings, uh, in AAA, that's like I think four or five starts. Five starts, he has not been very good. So that's kind of a in betweener as well. He is also only tw- already twenty five years old, whereas Meadows and Perez are only twenty two. Uh, so maybe they they take a look at at him and and I don't know. The f- interesting, I compare him his situation to uh, the return actually from Michael Fulmer and Sawyer Gibson Long. Because that that's another really fascinating one. Sawyer Gibson Long is in this conversation as well and, and could be taken in the Rule 5 if not put on the 40-man roster. It, it, it's tough because he, he hasn't been lights out. He's got an ERA in, in, in like 415, 420 or something like that. And he's had a couple of starts where you go, he's only made seven starts for us in AAA. And he has a couple of starts where you go, okay, like this is like, you can see kind of what you're working with here. There's some good movement, some good tail on his fastball and whatnot. But then there, there's some starts where he doesn't really have it. And he's 24 and like, he's going to be 25 next year. And I, I just go back and forth. Cause like, did you really trade a rental of Michael Fulmer for a rental of a minor leaguer? And, like, the new GM didn't do that, so maybe he doesn't care. But, like, did you really do that? Did you really trade a half-year rental of a major league reliever for a half-year rental of a double-A starter? And in the same breath, though, if you if you don't think there's a future with him and or if you think you can sneak him through the Rule 5 draft or whatnot, then, like, don't protect him and see what happens. But th- there's a lot of on-the-bubble on guys with that. Um, Andre Lipschius is another... I love Andre Lipsius. I, I love him. He is a, a on-base percentage king, which I absolutely love. And I think that with him being in this conversation, it makes me sad because I'm not 100% sure that they're going to keep him. He's 24 years old. Look, I mean, he's up to AAA now. And I think he's going to be a, a really solid Major League hitter. I do. I think he takes really professional at-bats. He had more walks than strikeouts in Erie before getting called up this year. He had 61 walks and 56 Ks. He had an on-base percentage of almost 400 in A and has an on-base percentage of 389 in 33 games since getting called up to AAA which an, with an 885 OPS. There's some questions about long-term defensively. He's played third. He's played second. He's played first but i i really like him a lot and you just drafted him in 20 i say just 2019 is already going to be 4 years ago somehow next season but um like he was a third round pick i really like him and i think he's taken huge strides and i and i think that I, I i want us to keep him i want us to put him on the 40 man i i want andre Lipsius on this in this organization next year but if I had to guess right now, I would say that they probably don't. Um, but he's certainly one of those kind of bubble candidates as well. I, I'm i going to pray every day that that he is on this team. I I really like him. I really like Andre Lipschius a lot. Huge fan. And then the other two uh, that McCoskey highlights in this article that are pretty easy to go for and we don't have to take too much time on are Zach Hess. Missed the entire season of Tommy John, and even really before the Tommy John uh, wasn't progressing out of the bullpen in the minors like we thought. He uh, at, one, I, at one point, I was a pretty big Zach Hess fan, and he just never really lived up to that. Had a really rough spring training before the Tommy John as well. Just <clears throat> not great. So that's a pretty easy non-protect. Uh, not that he'll get taken. He might still be in the organization uh, if, if they decide to hold on to him that way, but uh, he's not going to get put on the 40-man and then Eric de la Rosa, also somebody that has not had a great year in the minors and is not really a threat, I don't think, to get taken in the forty man. So they won't protect him. That's another thing with Andre uh Andre Lipsius, too, is that there's a chance that they don't protect, they don't put him on the forty man, and then he's just not taken, right? And then you just can can bring him back and, and he can stay. Uh, it's just I don't know. I almost don't even want to risk it. I really like the kid a lot. I think he's got a bright future. Okay. I think that's it. So thank you, Chris McCoskey, for uh, kind of putting that article. I know it was written like almost a month ago already, but this is the first time we've had a, a chance to talk about it. So that's um, it's a good article. Like I said, that you can get more of a kind of in-depth, his his viewpoint on everything. Um, and I think that's it. Thank you for making Lockdown Tigers your first listen every single day. For your next listen, check out the Lockdown MLB Podcast MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and his unique perspective from every team on the biggest stories from around the league. Follow the number one daily league wide podcast locked on MLB on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. Just like us. Um, I think that is it. Just off day stuff. I think that's a super, super fascinating conversations there. And And just to like summarize, they could in theory, get rid of like 20. Of these dudes like seriously that that if they they won't but there's a legitimate argument to kick 15 or 20 of the guys on the 40-man roster off the 40-man that's a complete overhaul and won't happen and you would have to bring in a lot of outside talent to fill those voids so like it's not going to happen uh but there's a lot of bubble dudes and, and dudes that in other organizations and, and to be completely Frank, just in better organizations would not be having this conversation with would never have made the 40 in the first place. Uh, And that's where we are as an organization. So I I just, it it makes the off season super, not, I guess, uneasy, maybe from a player perspective, just because you never know any of these dudes uh, could be DFA'd, could be cut, could be, Uh put on the 40 man could you know what I mean? It's it's just gonna be a very fluid off season. I think cleanse truly is the right word. I think this is gonna be one of the most active off seasons we've ever seen, which is crazy because I don't actually expect them to be too prevalent in the free agent market. I think they're just gonna be super active because of all of these like four A-ish level dudes that could find themselves on the 40-man, off the 40-man, anywhere in the organization, on another organization, et cetera. So it'll be an interesting one. And uh, I think a lot of dudes are still playing for, you know, cases to be made here in the offseason for the last three weeks of the season. So uh, that's all I got. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. And I will catch you all on Monday because today's Friday. Happy Friday. Have a good weekend. Uh, Yeah, I'll catch you all on Monday, baby. Go Tigers.